My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris, Jr. Show. Hello, friends and family from around the country and literally around the world. This is another episode with your host, David J. Harris, Jr. And today, my friends, uh, it is a privilege and an honor to have somebody on that I feel is a true patriot, a real American that loves this country. And, you know, friends, it's going to take real Americans getting into uh, getting into the political arena, literally trying to represent the will of the people, the mind of the people. And be the representation that we absolutely need. We need people that are patriots, that love this country, that love this flag behind me, that agree with my shirt that says, I support full facial nudity. Only kind of nudity I support, but I support full facial nudity. We shouldn't be mandating masks. We don't need our politicians to mandate masks. We need politicians that are going to absolutely represent us, the people, the will of the people. No mandating vaccines and all this other stuff. It should be our body, our choice. That actually fits in this scenario. That's what we want. So it is my pleasure today to bring you a woman that does not need any introduction, although she was an amazing TV anchor for Fox uh, in Arizona. She left there, and uh, we'll get into a little bit of that. But most importantly, she is standing up for the will of the people, and we need patriots like Carrie Lake that are doing exactly that. So without further ado, my special guest, (laughs) Carrie Lake. Carrie. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to be here. I've been a fan of yours for a long time, David. So when you invited me to be on your show, I said, clear the schedule. I got to do this. That is so amazing. Well, I'm honored to have you on, Carrie. Thank you for your support. And more importantly, I support you and I hope my audience, especially after today, if they had any question about who the next governor of Arizona should be, I hope that they side with me and they say, we need we need Carrie. We need a woman like Carrie. We need Carrie to represent us in Arizona. Thank you so much. I, I agree. I mean, we, we need somebody who's not a career politician running the state. We need somebody whose special interest group is the people of Arizona. And we need somebody who on day one doesn't owe 30 or 35 years of political favors to all of their cronies. And I am... Um, I'm not surprised we're doing as well as we are doing. Uh, our internal polling shows us up by over 20 points from our next competitor because the people are responding to somebody who it holds true to their principles and has integrity. And they've known me for 27 years here in Arizona. I've been covering them as a journalist, one of the good journalists, and yes. uh, they trust me. I've been in their home for 27 years, and I understand the people of the state and the issues that we are facing in this state. Well, you couldn't say it any more clearer, you know, covering everything that's gone on in Arizona and even covering national elections, you know, uh, the the 2020 election, you were covering that in your state. And, uh, you know, there was a whole lot of discrepancy on on what was going on still. There's a lot of people concerned about what went on. We're going to get into that. But before we do that, I want to just ask you, what was it for you? What was the what was the check in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind that said, you know what, I'm going to get out of journalism, I'm going to get out of media, and I'm going to run, I'm going to get into politics, not having any political background, but having a good understanding. But what was it for you that made you decide to throw your hat in the ring for governor of Arizona? Well, they were really separate decisions. I first made the decision to get out of journalism, out of the media, because it had gotten so crooked. It went beyond just being unethical and biased. And I believe it became immoral. 
an immoral line of work and I didn't want to be doing immoral work. Mm-hmm. So I made the decision to leave the media and only after I left and was encouraged by the good folks of Arizona, my fellow citizens to run, did I decide to do that. But I worked for 27 years in the media here. And I don't need to tell you, David, the media lost their mind when Donald Trump came on the scene. It's like, yeah. oh, how dare a, a regular American run for office? And um, the media just went crazy. And I remember watching you know, my colleagues in this, this crazy world of media lose their minds But I thought, well, I can at least maintain my integrity and keep the balance. But when COVID struck, the media became um, really dangerous, in my opinion. I think the media in general across the board was only interested in putting out stories that were aimed to scare the public, divide the public, whether it, you know, they would talk about an entire family that got wiped out by COVID. And, And trust me, that is tragic. I believe that. But there were thousands and thousands and thousands of cases of people who had a mild cold. And we didn't cover those cases. We didn't cover the typical cases, just the ones meant to scare people. We didn't want to cover, the media didn't want to cover treatments that were working. They just wanted to scare people. And um, then when the election struck, the election hit, and it was so obvious what was going on. I finally turned to my husband one day and I said, I can't do this anymore. I have to walk away, walk away from a really good career. I was number one in the ratings for the better part of more than 20 years and um, a really good salary. But it just, it, it just, I, I couldn't sit with myself and do that job anymore and look in the mirror and look in my kids' faces and feel good about myself. You know, you're, you're, you're hitting the, the nail on the, on the head. I, I so hope that there's other journalists that are out there and we know that they're out there. Uh, for the individuals that have, that have left their careers in journalism, left with, uh, with being, connected with corporate media because of exactly what you're talking about, not Mm -hmm. being able to share truth and news that we, the people should know and being driven in a direction that's just driving fear, which then breeds more control and more acceptance of control. Uh, I hope there's so many journalists out there and people out there that hear this, see this and share this that say, you know what, I'm going to choose truth and justice over a paycheck and something that's comfortable because I don't want to lie to the people. Uh, I want to play this clip really quick. I think I, I wonder where this was, especially after this took place uh, in your heart. I wonder where this was for you at the, the point of making a decision to say, you know what, I'm just not going to do it anymore. This is a clip of you covering the 2020 election. Guys, I've been watching the numbers and we've gotten so few additional votes since that first bunch, that first batch came in. I am seeing ever so slightly Biden's numbers come down ever so slightly. Trump's going up. Who knows where it goes? The problem with calling this when you still have 900,000, possibly upwards of a million votes out there is you get it. Voters get it in their mind. They go to bed that one person won. The other one didn't. And then if they wake up tomorrow or two days later and it flips, There's distrust in the system. The people who feel like their candidate maybe was robbed because at one point they were told the candidate won and now the votes are counted and the candidate didn't. It's just with the kind of powder keg situation we're in, it's kind of a dangerous thing. We're taking our cues from Fox, the mothership. That's kind of what we do. So right now they've called it for for Joe Biden. So there's really not, you know, we can speculate, but we just have to go with what they've told us so far. And it could change. Of course it could. The numbers, the numbers down in the corner showing the uh, electoral college are coming from the AP and they haven't called it. So it's like yeah. all so many different outlets are calling it or aren't calling it. 
We shall see when the votes are counted. Mark has been covering other news. It's hard to believe, Mark. Is there other news out there today? <laughs> I don't think there was any other news out there, but the way you handled that, the way that that other gentleman stepped in and tried to say, well, we're taking our cues, that should have been a, a red alert to everybody watching. It's like, yeah, they're taking their marching orders from Fox, the corporation, as to what the journalists sh should be reporting to the people. And for them to call that state so early when there were so many votes left, uh, how did that, in that moment when that took place, how did that make you feel? The the shock for me came a little bit earlier in the newscast. I, about three times on election night, I I balked at the early call by Fox. Um, it it really shocked me because that's not what I saw on the ground when I was covering Arizona. I saw a lot of support for President Trump, and we yeah. we shall see what comes out with this audit because I think people are going to be shocked by what comes out with the audit. And uh, I I don't want to um, disparage my colleagues, because I, I love those two guys. I worked with them for a number of years. And I just took the opportunity to speak out whenever I had a chance on election night to say, look, I'm like you, uh, Arizona. I'm, I think that was called too early. And that was also another kind of straw that broke the camel's back for me. Not only were, um, the, were the media covering and pushing scare and fear and division, when I started to read the tea leaves of what was happening with the election, I realized this is only going to get worse. And I don't want to have to lie to viewers. And I feel that the coverage that's been out since election night, when it comes to our election in Arizona, has been full of lies. The media is on has an agenda to try to discredit this audit, this forensic audit that's been happening in Arizona, that's been done very well. It's, it's quite offensive, David, to the hundreds and hundreds of volunteers who did background checks, went down there and spent hours on this forensic audit to count every single of the 2.1 million ballots in Arizona. It's very offensive the way the media is making them out to be tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorists. They are working hard. I think they're patriots. And I think what we're doing here in Arizona with this forensic audit is a very noble thing that should be expanded across Arizona and perhaps across the United States. Yeah, I think it should be done all across the United States, especially the swing states. You know, as you mentioned in that clip, for for people to go to sleep seeing Donald Trump was way ahead of Joe Biden and then literally wake up and six states all just flipped. It's like it doesn't make any sense. So <laughs> it's magic. Think, yeah, magic. Exactly. It's, it was a magic wand. It was the magic wand that, uh, that Obama talked about. He doesn't have a magic wand. Well, Trump's magic wand was the will of the people wanting career politicians to not take the lead and take this country in a direction that we don't want it to go and don't feel like it should go. But it was a different magic wand when it came to yeah. when it came to Biden. It was a, all of a sudden bump. What do you think is going to come out of this audit in Arizona? I think we're going to find out that uh, the results that were given on election night and in the weeks following were not only inaccurate, they were wildly inaccurate. Mm. I am. This is just me uh, wow. guessing. But from what I'm hearing, we're going to find out that the real winner was not called on election night and that we're going to find out that President Trump was the real winner of Arizona. That's what I believe is going to happen. And the question is, what do we do with that information? What do we do with that information? And I hope that our leaders um, respond accordingly. But we've seen we've seen people who are Republicans who are uh, just pushing up against this uh, audit. They're they're ignoring the subpoenas, pushing back against the subpoenas, and a lot of people are looking very guilty with the way they're behaving right now. Yeah, there are, and and I'm so glad you also pointed out, Carrie, 
that the mainstream media, the way that they're handling it across the board to discredit the audit, to make the people seem like they're tinfoil hat wearing individuals. So much of the mainstream media narrative is is against it. When I've always said all along, it's like, look, if Joe Biden won fair and square, wouldn't they want an audit to prove they're right and put it right. in our shove it in our faces? Exactly. It's like we're counting 2.1 ballots. We should be able to show how perfect everything was. And 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 these numbers should be pretty close to what what we were told, you know, when the when the final tally was given uh, by the election officials. So if it was a perfect, perfect uh, count and a perfect election, then the numbers should be very, very close. But I'm not sure we're going to find that. Uh, I am eagerly awaiting, like millions of Arizonans, the results of this audit. And it looks like they're going to be coming forthcoming in the in the following days or uh, possibly weeks. And um, I know I don't have a crystal ball, but I'm I'm hearing just from the a few weeks ago, we had a hearing, a Senate hearing here in Arizona with the investigators who are looking into this, the auditors, and they already pointed out a lot of problems they were seeing. And, and those problems alone gave me great pause because I was one of the people, David, who voted on election day at my polling place and they printed out the ballot and they handed me a Sharpie and I marked all of my, you know, who I was going to vote for, starting with President Trump, yeah. flipped the ballot over and realized that all of the little circles I filled out had bled completely through to the other side. So mm -hmm. I called over an election worker and I said, what's going on here? Everything bled right through. Oh, don't worry about it. You're fine. No, no worries. Well, I went on through the day and many viewers reached out to me and said, I voted and everything bled right through my ballot. So there were a lot of people concerned. Well, those investigators, David, and you're probably aware of this, said that the wrong paper stock was used on election day. And they noticed that the ballots that were being printed right there on site, rather than being um, aligned properly, were unaligned to the to uh, possibly a thousand to three thousand percent off alignment. So yep. a bleed through of a circle could have made thousands and thousands, possibly tens of thousands of ballots, basically null and void. And that would have been my ballot. So I got a real personal problem with what happened on Election Day. And I don't care what anybody says. I, as a voter, have a problem with what happened on Election Day. And I want to get to the bottom of it. And I know there are thousands and millions of people in Arizona who feel the same way. Yeah. And not just Arizona, Carrie. I mean, I know it's that's your home state. But millions all across the country, at least 81 million, I believe, are all looking at Arizona saying, what are they going to find? Because if they find something that's fraudulent, if they find information, facts, if they've detailed it out and the numbers don't come out, then every American, especially that voted for Trump, but even every American, no American should want fraudulent elections. Every right. American, regardless of what side of the aisle they're on, should want to make sure that their vote counts and matters uh, as the say so for who runs this country. And it's really? from the top down. It's not and just the president, local state races, local races. Right. I will tell you what they're auditing is just the top two, which would be Senate and president, president right. and Senate here. Uh, there are people down ballot who are kind of scratching their head now going, wait a minute, maybe exactly. I won. Maybe I won. But I'll tell you what, as governor, when I'm elected governor, if we determine that there was fraud and there was a malcontent and it was intentional, there's going to be heads rolling. We will not let these people off with a slap on a wrist. We will not let them off with just relieving them of their duties. We will prosecute them, uh, prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law. Nobody's going to get away with stealing people's votes. If that's what is deemed that happened in this audit, no one's going to get away with it under my leadership.
And again, that's exactly why we need individuals like you that are passionate about truth and justice representing us, the people, because in so many of these states, how many governors have just refused to even go down the go look down the rabbit hole, if you will, and say that there is even any potential wrongdoing. And if there is, how many of those governors are going to hold people accountable? I don't think very many. Uh, Well, our governor governor here, Doug Ducey, who's a Republican, he knows that millions of Arizonans, millions of Republicans and, and independents, and I think even some Democrats don't like how this election was conducted. But he never once, to my knowledge, went down to inspect the auction site. Instead, he criticized it. Now, I went down and looked at the auction site. I wanted to see how this forensic audit was going because I'd heard all of the lies in the media about it. I went down there and I was very impressed with what I saw. I took a tour. You didn't move a ballot in that building without three people signing off on it. There was oversight and control of the situation. Dozens of cameras, every square inch of that facility was, was uh, you know, there was there were cameras on it. So um, it's one thing to criticize, and it's another thing to go in and look at it and see how it's run and then decide if you should criticize. And I don't know how you could criticize what was happening at that audit. It was run, it was really run perfectly. Well, I know uh, we are we are on pins and needles waiting and hoping for the results to prove what so many of us validate, what so many of us already feel. And then and then the question that you said is then what happens there? Hopefully other states will pick it up. Hopefully it takes place. And then hopefully the Supreme Court weighs in and says, you know what? If somebody was put in office under fraud, I know by our good friend, Mike, you or your good friend, his as well. Mike Lindell, he stated multiple, multiple uh, uh, instances, as well as Jenna Ellis, constitutional law attorney. If, if, if an election is given to somebody based on fraud, there is no statute of limitations for that. So right. there should be a change. And Lord knows right now we need one. <laughs> yeah, it'll be cur- I'll be curious what happened. And you mentioned Mike Lindell and Jenna. And these are patriotic Americans who love their country. And you notice how the media just tries to disparage them and destroy their credibility. And it's really a shame. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, it's a shame to watch how the media and uh, some of the talking heads try to anybody who's kind of over the target. They try to turn into a nut or a conspiracy theorist. And they're doing the same to me because they're nervous in Arizona. The establishment, people are sick of them. People are sick of the uh, career politicians, and we're doing really well. We're a year out, a little over a year out from the election, actually a little under a year out from the primary election. And we're doing quite well, and we're scaring the hell out of the establishment. And they are coming after me and, and making up just outlandish lies. And, you know, it hurts a little bit, but I realize when that's happening, that means you're making waves and you're over the target yes, yes. And, they're, and they're scared to death. Yes, that's exactly what that means, uh, that you are a threat to the establishment, the career politicians and the state run media that seems to just be in the pockets of these politicians that don't want the will of the people that want to keep uh, keep us all as sheep. Uh, yep. I, I, you've got amazing and amazing uh a person in your corner. We're going to have a special word from President Donald Trump in just a second. Uh, I'm going to come right back to you, Carrie. Hold on real quick. Friends, a really quick word from today's sponsor. The number one sponsor for my show is the man that we were just talking about, Mike Lindell. He has taken absolute beating in the mainstream media. They're constantly going after him. Uh, the lawsuits against him and his company, where he employs 2,500 people of all, uh, all backgrounds and uh, political uh, ideologies, 
These are individuals that are Americans that he's employing. He's set to lose $65 million this year because of being canceled by over 25 big box stores, but he loves my show. So please, if you want to support my show, do something for yourself. Go over to MyPillow.com, find yourself something nice. He has over 100 amazing products there. I love his sheets. I love his bathrobe. I think I love his mattress topper, and we just got his mattress. I love that too. I love those the most. Get something at MyPillow.com and use the code Trump 2020, because he believes it's not over. He believes something's going to break loose. And I've said for the better part of a year, if for some Hail Mary chance of a reason Biden got in office, well, it happened. So if there is a Hail Mary chance of a reason that we can get Trump back, friends, we better hope and pray that happens. So get over to MyPillow.com and use that code Trump 2020. Michael, no, you heard it here. And that gives you the best discounts.